to be back. It's always nice to welcome our own, he said cheerily before adding, and I see you've already met old Pappy, the wild and woolly rascal from the hills. I have indeed, I said, and what a fine musician he is. He handed me the drinks and laughed. Oh, he's a musician, all right, <laughs> but then, of course, he'd be a fiddler by nature. <laughs> when I asked him what he meant, he tossed back his head and told me he was only joking, adding with a conspiratorial wink as I turned to go, just be careful of them old stories of his. You wouldn't know whether to believe them or not. Oh, he's an awful man once he gets gone. Tells everyone he spent years in America, and said the poor old fucker, <laughs> he's never once left the valley, never set foot outside Sleeve Nagia. Now, there's your drinks. Welcome home, and thanks very much. As soon as I came back to join my companion with the drinks, I could tell that he had been listening to every word we'd said. Don't mind that barman, he snorted as I sat down. Said the poor old fool is fucking doting. He's not from the mountain at all, in fact. He's not one of us. Fuck him and ride his wife, Redmond. <laughs> Cheers. Slanchawa, Vic Ogan Knick. Fartiwaya. To your good health, young son of the mountain, welcome home. We remained in the pub until well after closing time, and then he invited me up to his house, if that's what you'd call it. It took us nearly half an hour to get there, winding our way up a rugged hilly track pushing our way through a plantation of firs, through tangled copsewood and green depths of fern, eventually arriving at a tumble-down shack, evidently constructed from many materials that happened to be at hand. Random tufts of grass sprouted wildly from its roof. When we got inside, he lit a candle and pressed it down into the middle of the table. A silhouette began forming ever so slowly on the wall. He chucked the cork from the whisky with his teeth, throwing me this odd look as he spat it away, locating, at length, two filthy mugs. So, your daddy Hatch's son. Well, isn't that a good one, he said, lighting up a stogie, planking himself down in the creaking rocking chair. He was a great man for the cards, your father. Him and Florian, that brother of his. Oh, like a lot of men from about the valley, it was hard to tell the pair of them apart. It be hard for strangers trying to do that. Tell us men folk one from the other, with our great big beards and red curly heads. Some says that we does it on purpose, take refuge behind our close knit tribe so nobody can ever get blamed for the wicked things we get up to sometimes. Like your father, for example. God bless us, but he gave that poor mother of yours an awful life. <laughs> Matter of fact, I seen him kicking her one night hitting her a kick right up the backside, and Florian there doing nothing, only laughing his head off on account that she didn't bring him his drink quick enough. And then be the hokey. What do you know but she goes and dies, and her still a young woman. Not that he went kind of odd or anything like that. Oh, no, we're made of much hardier stuff than that about here. Anyhow, it meant he could devote all his time now entirely to the cards. Isn't that right, Mr. Hatch? He tapped his foot and looked at me, twinkling. I didn't answer him. I was much too taken aback by his forthrightness. You'll see a lot of changes, Redmond, he said. It ain't like the old place any more. I coughed with a ridiculously incongruous politeness. Partly, I have to admit, to disguise my inadequacy. 
I'd been so long away, I was at a loss to make any kind of proper response. There certainly have been a lot of changes, I agreed. Now that we're entering the modern world, I suppose. He nodded as he continued rocking to and fro, said nothing for some considerable time. Then he elevated his stocky bulk and said, I want to tell you something, and I want you to remember this, Redmond, my friend. He stared directly at me. The mountain doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. You hear? He stiffened sharply, his brows knitting tensely. You hear? he repeated. I'm talking to you. What's wrong? Are you deaf? He flicked the stogie as he continued obsessively. Once upon a time, Redmond, there was this woman, the old woman. The old woman, what was she doing? She was sitting in her cabin.